We're recording from room 1209 of the Grand Hyatt in beautiful downtown San Francisco. It's March 25th, 2009, and the iPhone has changed everything. And this is the Idle Thumbs Conf Grenade. We are recording <laughs> from the Grand Hyatt in San Francisco, and I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And we're joined today by Bronstring Merrick Bronstring. Hello. A uh, mm. former, well, I guess current still, Idle Thumbs yeah. dude. And sort of, And also yes. designer at Atari. Yes. And also Duncan Fife. Hello, I'm from New Zealand. I work for Head Self-Destruct, and I haven't written for Idle Thumbs in two years. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Welcome. HeadSelfDestruct.com. <laughs> yeah, so... Duncan actually does have an excellent blog. Yeah, yeah, you should read it on the internet. Thank you. You yeah, we've, we've upgraded from Chris's apartment with its suspect sirens <laughs> to the posh horns and pedestrians of downtown San Francisco for GDC. So just These for are you. much higher class accidents and crimes going on. Yes. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> the saxophone man has disappeared. <laughs> also, Bugleman is no longer around. Yeah. So live music was canceled. It's true. <laughs> yeah, so this was the second day of GDC. We're still not quite in the sort of GDC proper. This has been summits and GDC like that. Prime begins Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jake, I guess you didn't go to any GDC, did you? Yet? No, I hate GDC. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, American Duncan were there for... Some of it. Some of it, yeah. Uh, yeah, most of it. Yeah. Well, I was there all the time, but I obviously have only seen one thing at a time. And I went to two <laughs> things. <laughs> all right. What? Oh, I need to be closer. Yeah, American needs to be closer in case you're wondering. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Closer to Jake. Uh, as as Jake noted in the uh, in our dateline, um, the iPhone has changed everything. That was actually the name of Neil Young's keynote address at the Mobile Game Summit on Monday, uh, at which he it burst into tears. He, yeah, well, you know it's funny. He, he basically did. I mean, what? He, yeah. <laughs> if you looked, you could see the glisten. Yeah. of a tear. So as you all know from Countdown to Tears, Neil Young predicted that at, at this GDC. Well, we took him to mean that at this point. Well, GDC, when he said five years. Again, right. Again, and we know right. what he meant. We, we're pretty sure we know. Uh, he basically, I think the iPhone does, in fact, bring Neil Young to tears. It was a pretty extreme. Like just the majesty, the yeah. sheer, the sheer <laughs> might. No, it's really true. He was like, well, you know, cell phone games used to be really uninspiring. Just and bleeps and, and bloops. And, yeah. And, and, then, and then this man. This man, and he had a picture of Steve Jobs up wow. on the street. I swear to God, it was like this man showed us there was a new way. I mean, it really was what like the hell. Yeah, I, it was. It was. A, it was a remarkable thing. I actually wasn't sure I was in the right session at first because I was like, uh, I thought this was supposed to be about a real thing. I thought I, I thought it was like the previous guy, like the previous session going over. And I'm like, wait a second, this is Neil Young. Uh, weird. Okay. Uh, Were there specific games or or things he pointed at as being? Uh, Super amazing on the well, iPhone. The ones his company makes. Well, clearly, yes. <laughs> I don't but know. I mean, he might have a did he make any bias. claims about his company's games as uh, fulfilling the awesome promise of the iPhone? Yeah, he talks or about tears. He talks or about tears. how they're you know the good iPhone games are the ones that can only be done on the iPhone. You know, like Rolando and okay stuff like that. I don't know some tower defense thing that I guess is only possible on the iPhone. 
uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, the iPhone has introduced a new genre, the tower defense game. Yeah. Well, it, he sort of, I, I don't know. It was a weird thing. It was, but he definitely seemed like he had been moved. So I guess the iPhone did change everything, mm-hmm. but in a really lame way. Uh, <laughs> So, I, was, these weren't the tears I wanted. These aren't the tears you're looking for. Send them back. Yeah. Did he address at all the um, sort of issue that's been uh, plaguing iPhone developers recently that the sort of price, average price of the games is just going down and down and down? Because yeah. I heard something about the Rolando 2 and 3 and how yeah, they're kind of sort of kind he of... he announced Rolando 2 and 3 and they already have release dates for them. That's crazy. Yeah. Rolando 3, all three games will be out by the end of the year. And they're just hoping that people will keep buying Orlando uh, because they like the previous game and that's how they make more money. I imagine, yeah. especially with the new in-app app store, Rolando itself will start telling you to buy Rolando 2 and 3 and then people will just one-click and oh, will yeah. have them. Yeah. So I think it will that's, work scarily yeah. and depressingly well. Yeah, probably do. <laughs> and in fact, uh, they're, he's, they're going to release free Rolando updates for the existing Rolando game. Which include in-app or app store. Right. Sure. Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if... No, I mean, the levels themselves are free. And then I wonder if, like, because they're they're all, all coming out at a predetermined predetermined schedule, and then the next after the next one after the after the last free level will be Rolando two, and I wonder if they're just going to sort of present that in as close to the style as possible as all the other free ones. Oh, cool! It's my latest my latest update for my Rolando. Let me just click this. Uh, nine dollars and ninety nine cents deposited. You now own Rolando two. Like, I wonder if they're going to try to sort of just get you to keep acting on your like you know biweekly on a roll. Wow. Hey. <laughs> nice. Huh? Do we have like sorry. a Christmas You're sound? fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. So I don't know. It was a weird it was a very weird talk. Like he sort of Oh, and I guess Mark to answer your question about the like just explosion of games on the App Store and so yeah. forth. Um he didn't address the price thing. He did try to spin the ridiculous number of games in a positive way by saying this is actually Apple doing us a huge favor because this is more developers being created all the time and that's good for the industry. Right. That worked for the well, really well. I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. We were a, su- <laughs> a successful implementation or we retail, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Are we allowed to talk about your boss's expose of the WiiWare system? Yeah, he he talked about it at, at the thing. <laughs> okay, it's but, on the internet. Okay, fine. Yeah. Screw yep. you. So, is there anything you want to say about that? About iPhones? No. <laughs> about Thanks the, for asking, though. How about the thing you just brought up? Yes. Jeez. Well, no. Chris, okay. I mean, Chris, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know as much about the WiiWare pricing system. I mean, Chris? Yeah, basically, the uh, <laughs> the thing that was revealed during a, uh, <laughs> a session at the uh, Independent Games Summit was that we has a weird thing where if a game doesn't sell enough, I'm gonna check to make sure I can le- I can actually put this. I'm gonna make sure this was actually revealed. I'm sorry, I forgot. No, everything. no, it's fine because it's a good thing to say. If it was um, the way WeWare works is if you don't sell enough of a certain, if you don't sell enough units of your game in a given territory, and that number differs per territory, you actually just don't get money for your game at all. Like even for the ones you did sell. So. That's actually a fairly frightening yeah. thing if you are a developer who sort of expects to sell a low amount and still is able to break even on a low amount, or if you underperform but then don't even recoup any of your investment. So, And I guess it just sort of reinforces the fact that you have to have a hit, basically, right. or else 
there's no long tail uh right yeah so i mean <laughs> that's a little weird i mean apparently they're doing it to to discourage shovelware <clears throat> which i mean that's a fine thing to try to do except they're kind of going at it from a weird direction it's like instead of trying to actually prevent shovelware they're allowing it and then sort of just laughing at you uh afterwards <laughs> so weird nice yeah. mm. anyway yeah <laughs> jake is already in in, in super tired mode <laughs> no i'm fine seems. actually sweet so in other things that we saw today at the gdc merrick and chris and i attended the indie game indie developers yeah. summit uh yeah i like going to the indie game summit because uh there's some particular kind of energy that comes from uh that part of the conference um I think they've been doing this for three years now, yeah. um, and and it's really cool to see that um, the the indie devs are sort of um, banding together in a really cool way. Yeah, uh, the community is pretty strong. Yeah, uh, amongst them, uh, I guess through uh, places like TickSource on the internets, uh, which is where they all hang out, and the Indie Game Summit. Um, you can actually tell because uh, quite a few of the the presentations are being shared between. Um, developers of completely different games, uh, but they do a presentation what do you, what together. Do you mean present oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like uh, a lecture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. With slides and everything, where they just take turns. Slides right. and everything. Uh, no, but hey, I mean, you can use a power. As opposed hey, you to can take a crazy Google image search image <laughs> and shut up. On the <laughs> <laughs> oh, that happened way too. But often. the indie ones are way um, more edgy. No, but yeah. I mean. As opposed to a panel they get, like, where they're just corporate. David Lynch films. Yeah, none of that, none of that corporate bullshit. No way. <laughs> no oh, word art. They use the light free bulb open man. office equivalent of PowerPoint <laughs> or uh, Pages. <laughs> well, I don't know what that is. Uh, or Keynote, rather. Pardon. I don't know what that is it's either. The, the Apple one. Oh. Indie guys hate Macs, though. Probably. They are trying to be sort of extreme and indie sometimes, though. Like anti-corporate, and you know. So uh, they like they break the amp at the end. What? <laughs> they, they, they smash the guitar. They smash all their equipment. <laughs> that has doing? actually happened once. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. Uh, like two That's years ago, anecdote, uh, yeah. at the at the experimental gameplay sessions, the harmonics guys were demoing a prototype of uh, Guitar Hero they never used, and then they just smashed their guitar. So uh, there you go. <laughs> that's Sweet. pretty hilarious. I can't decide if that's awesome or weird. Or <laughs> I guess it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Declared awesome. <laughs> the verdict is in. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay, so you were, I'm sorry, you were saying before we rudely co-opted you. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just like going Indie to the indie game somewhere. Uh, in conclusion, and... you just like it. <laughs> yes. Um... And uh, they have a lot of shared presentations, and they have uh, more of a sense of humor than uh, other uh, summits, such as the Serious Game Summit or the <laughs> yeah, Virtual the, Worlds Summit. The Serious uh, Game like, Summit are contractually obliged <laughs> to be very serious. <laughs> yes. No, but it's true, though. If you go to any of the other lectures, yeah. you can just hear the laughter and applause and Suck crazy sounds avoid. coming from the Indie Game Summit. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> you're yeah. just sitting there like you're the, the kid alone practicing his violin while everyone else is out playing. And it's <laughs> that happened to us once at last GDC when you, Chris, you and I and Steve went to some, there was some panel about like more portrayals of morality in games and it was opposite alongside the game design challenge <laughs> right. and there were just yeah. intermittently loud cheers and yeah. laughter coming from <laughs> the other room it made us feel sad which had alexi how do you pronounce that guy's last name Ajinov. yeah he was talking about i don't know dolphins oh, he was talking about how he was electrocuting dolphins right. but the voltage was quite low and everyone was amused by him <laughs> yeah. that reminds me no of one will understand what that means uh, yeah what? it's okay it's the guy who created tetris was talking about electrocuting dolphins that's all you really <laughs> yeah, need to know awesome. yeah that great. guy might have also made his own pants yeah that was the year <laughs> before when he talked about how 
he made his own pants. Yeah. Uh, that reminds cold, me also of when I was in high school and taking French instead of Spanish. And seriously, ah. like, the, the, the French and Spanish classes were right next to each other. It was like a mariachi world. band yeah, every day in there. Seriously, <laughs> like, they had, like, cultural day, like, every day, which seemed to be just an excuse to, like, play hilarious, awesome music and, like, bring in food for a potluck and watch Telemundo and stuff. <laughs> uh, so that sucked for us. Um, Sweet. That was an awesome story. An huh? anecdote <laughs> from Chris's life. <laughs> yeah. Good. good times. Yeah, nice. Good. Are you going to yeah. tell us about the one time you were on a bus? The one time I was on a bus? Oh, that's just... Never mind. That was just one of those random anecdotes you once told. Wait, really? A parent yes. made a callback. Wow. I don't even know what that's. You don't is. even listen to your own podcast, do you? <laughs> no. Well, oh, you're making it... a... Refer you're referring on our podcast to our podcast? Yes. <laughs> no, I don't, Whoa, that. I don't remember that's that. That's so meta. Yeah, it's super meta. I blew my own mind. Good job. Um, we're, we're fans of your podcast, Chris. Thanks. We have episode guides. Cool. <laughs> you guys run the wiki? Yes. Wikia. Oh, sorry. The wikia. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the, at the, yeah, the indie thing, I, Merrick, what you say is true. Also, um, it is kind of funny about sort of the enthusiasm and so forth, just because I was walking through the, uh, the hall today, and it does seem like the average attendee of the Indie Game Summit is like 10 years younger or yes, more than, than what you see elsewhere, like before the hope and and happiness has been beaten out of them by the video <laughs> well, game industry. <laughs> that's true. But although some of them have already reached a stage where the the hope has been beaten out of them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the yeah. final lecture or, or presentation I saw there today was basically about that, okay. where uh, two guys were basically um, uh, talking about sort of the dark period during a project where you think everything is shit, you want to sort of give up, uh, publishers are not returning your calls, right. and it's horrible. Uh, and they were very honest and frank about those kind of things. Which guys were these again? Um, it's uh, a guy who worked on Aquaria. Um, oh, wow. Alec uh, Holovka? I don't know. Holovka. I don't know what, how to pronounce his name. And another guy who uh, made Goo. Not World of Goo, but oh, Goo. Oh, Tommy Refinesse. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they shared a, a presentation together. And um, yeah, it was basically about uh, <laughs> being sort of depressed uh, while being in Jesus. development. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll close the Indie Game Summit with this panel on <laughs> depression and the bleak outlook of all of our lives. It was actually Enjoy very funny. And, you know, yeah. Uh, it was funny and amusing, but there was definitely a serious note to it as well. When they um, when they both like, hanged themselves at the end of the panel, it was a pretty dramatic yes, way to close yeah, that out. They split their wrists and, uh, yeah. Time for new developers to step up and um, <laughs> to replace these two guys <laughs> yes, now Jesus. that they are dead. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, GDC is really uplifting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It makes you love games. There, there is a weird thing that's. I mean, not to continue this horrible trend, but like there There's was a, a weird thing of suicides in the games <laughs> industry. <laughs> there was a, a kind of <laughs> unfortunate. I don't know. I, I, Wait a minute. Oh, Whoa! Yes. The they followed us here. This is awesome. Anyway. Yeah. Um, when I, for, for whatever, I, this might change actually starting tomorrow because when the sessions sort of kick into higher gear, um, Monday and Tuesday are sort of unusual because they're specific to these different summits, but it did yesterday and today, I have sort of had this feeling like maybe I've gone to too many GDCs at this point. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like almost everything I heard <clears throat> was either something that I'd already kind of thought about or talked about with people like more in depth than what the presenters were saying or I had just heard that same thing said already like five years in so a row. So what you're saying right. is you should be doing GDC at this point. <laughs> well, I do work for the company that makes it. 
Nice. But, you know, so maybe maybe just who needs presenters? You can just it's do the true. whole thing. I'll next just do year. the whole thing. I'll Chris Ramos GDC. <laughs> That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. It, but yeah, it's just going to be one big podcast, isn't it? Isn't it? Fuck yeah! That, Get yeah. ready for a year of idle thumbs. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, no, but uh, I agree with you. Actually, uh, I. Uh, this is, I think, my third or fourth uh, GDC, and I'm sort of feeling like I'm getting diminishing returns. Yeah. Uh, right. Like, uh, because I'm uh, making online games, I go to a lot of online game talks, and they always talk about the same things, about user retention and all these sort of buzzwords. Um, and um, I don't know. Um, it's difficult to get something new out of it after a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, admittedly, it's hard to say something new. Also, you know, not to, yeah, sure, not to just be sort of just down on on it completely. It's a, but it and is, you don't want to alienate sort of uh, people who who haven't been to a whole bunch of conferences before as a speaker. Right, uh, you want to right. set it no, up. It's true. Slowly it's true, and yeah. yeah, you don't want to sort of oh, so you guys are probably all on your seventh GDC, right? So I'm going to skip straight to I don't know something. Yeah, I don't even know what you'd say in that scenario, but yeah, we uh, I guess sort of on that note slightly, we went to, uh, three of us anyway, uh, American Duncan and I were all at a talk by Jason Rohrer. I've was done nothing. Jason, who's the guy who made, um, well, most recently put out Between, but he also put out Gravitation and, and uh, something else. Oh yeah, the yes. Passage, of course. That's the one yeah, that that's sort the one of launched him into use. For. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is a cool game. Great it's definitely game. worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he, he released the demo to Between, but I haven't played it yet. Um, it was on Steam, but I couldn't get it. Uh, but yeah, he gave a talk that was, I thought, really well-intentioned and had some interesting thoughts in it, but I don't know. It didn't fully f complete itself. Like, he basically was speaking about... Uh, he brought up that the, the Roger Ebert thing, which I'm sure most people who listen have heard or read before. Uh, Roger Ebert's declaration that games are not and can't be art because the designer surrenders authorial control uh, to the player by letting the player do something interactive that might diverge from what the designer intends mm. the sort of experience the, of the game to yeah, be. Yeah, the horrible bullshit argument. Yeah, but I, but I mean, Roar's, As is known. Roar's thesis was that, essentially, or part of it, was that Ebert actually has a good point, and people should, oh, if if nothing else, try to try to think about why he's saying that and i think he's actually right like i think that is actually an interesting point um I, I because i think most games that at least so far that actually make the player think about something usually do it via the stuff that's pretty much scripted like the plot like games that actually make some sort of point or or really like convey something uh that a designer intended you to consider or think about or form your opinion on usually that occurs because someone just actually wrote a story for the game and the characters exhibit certain traits and certain things happen in the plot and so forth and usually the things you get out of the gameplay experiences is a less um it's sort of a more ambiguous kind of like this makes me feel a certain way which might certainly be be very valid artistically in the same sense that a piece of music is or something like that but i think there is something to be said about the fact that games frequently are narrative works but the narrative part does not really come through via the gameplay usually uh anyway hmm. although um he actually made some games that attempted to sort of right. tell the story with uh, gameplay, I right. guess. Yeah, Laura uh, so, has tried that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, so, Rod Humble, who we saw earlier that day, yeah, with the Marriage and Stars over Hoffman Bay. Right, right. These are sort of abstract games that sort of try to convey something. About, like he tried to sort of portray his marriage as a bunch of blocks and circles that interact in certain ways. I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, so, 
uh, I guess if a, you if you were to show that to Roger Ebert, which was kind of uh, yeah, right. His yeah. point was he had this thing called the Ebert test. Like, what game would you actually show to Roger Ebert to demonstrate? Yes, games games can can can, can convey this without having it be spoiled by the player, essentially. Um, and I and it's an interesting test, sort of, to think about in your mind. Um, I don't know if the marriage would. No, would probably Roger Ebert. <laughs> probably not. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I think this. I think the marriage is cool, and Rod Humble is yeah. also really cool. But that's also so aggressively abstract that yeah. it, you, it really sort well, of the thing that bothers me about the Roger Ebert example in particular sure. is I I feel like his definition of what a game is is crap. Like I think if you showed him the marriage, he would say that's not a game. That's a piece of modern or postmodern art. And then it's like, well, you're an idiot. I mean, I well, don't know. I mean that's because I mean when you when well, games get abstracted to that degree. It ends up just looking like an interactive installation piece in the eyes of most people, I think. Well, but that's that's sort of sidestepping the argument and making just an assumption about Ebert. I mean, that, I guess I guess Ebert, I mean you're you're not really addressing the the argument itself. You're just addressing what you think Ebert the man would. I mean, this is more like the Turing test. Like it's sort I of know, a more just, gen, like generic like what, how would you conquer this argument? I guess more I'm just, than, I am just frustrated that Ebert ended up being the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But but I think Rohr is right in that Ebert does have some kind of point worth addressing. I mean, yeah, that's fair enough. I, I I don't know if I mean I don't know if Ebert needs to be. I don't know if game makers should be constantly be holding themselves up against Ebert. I, obviously <laughs> not. But I mean, I I do think that that it's probably not correct to just sort of roundly dismiss him out of hand just because he doesn't like a video game. Like you know what I mean? I think a lot of a lot of people upon reading that, and I might have been one of those people as I'm uh, one, at least initially, <laughs> just I'm like, sure. well, this guy. Uh, obviously is stupid fuck it without actually necessarily trying to consider like the implications right yeah what, what i think is, oh sorry i was just saying um rora in his talk though wasn't actually positioning the marriage right. and passage as uh examples that would pass ebert's test um instead he referred to right that's one right exactly that's when rora made a weird leap yes and actually sort of I, I thought didn't support his own argument very well or i well, didn't really have an argument but didn't really answer his own question very well uh because he decided the way to solve this problem is to determine what games do that movies, film, theater, music, etc. don't do, or which is provide multiplayer experiences, uh, and sort of reverted back to the sort of more traditional definition of a game, which is something that actually relies on a, on a s systemic kind of body of rules between two players through which actions emerge directly. So the the Example he kept going back to is Go, which is a great example for that because it is a game where the action completely emerges systemically as a result of things two players do. Like, very few video games have that level of just sort of direct system rule driven like emergence that just comes out of, of nothing almost. I mean, it is that is true, but also he sort of just I don't know, he never really justified why that would actually be a thing that you can use to convey some kind of interesting point that isn't just, oh, okay, interesting patterns and, and emergence arise from these rules. Yeah, Go seems like he just sort of drove off a sort of wanky cliff. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, uh, when he, well, part of his talk was uh, based on the premise that games are not cultural, culturally legitimate and they are not great art. And one of the uh, criteria that he proposed for great art was that you can go back to it multiple times, perhaps infinite times, in a ways... Right. Uh, get something new out of it which is not true as he noted with um the gameplay of a game even like the passage which we consider ostensibly art games but i mean once you play that game once or twice you've experienced all the gameplay you're going to get but go with multiple players and it's you know so, um system of rules 
has infinite variations for strategy, I suppose. And that was uh, a point which didn't make very much sense in the context of his larger yeah. argument. It's weird because he had these little fragments that made sense on their own, but never yes. connected in a way that actually created any kind of argument. It was really bizarre. Like, I think it's true that, that a game like Go is incredibly interesting in that a, sim a, a, a selection of extraordinarily simple rules can result in a, a essentially infinite number of things occurring on a board, like just things that emerge out of that. That's true. Also, it's true that you can't replay the passage an infinite number of times and get something new out of it each time. Also, it's true that with a multiplayer game, depending on how it's designed, you can. Like, I mean, sure, all those things are true. I don't understand how you combine them into now this is art. That, yeah, like, that point or, was not or, clear. Yeah, or why infinite replayability is what defines art. Like, I don't think o that's Also, true he either. had the caveat that uh, a multiplayer can, a multi, um, I mean, an actual person who plays the game with you can be exchanged for an AI. He, he said it can't, right? Yeah. Oh, no, he said he oh, could. Did it say yeah, it can? He said, oh, that's right. He, he said, did, like, he did you know, a game, right, uh, right. Civil, the example of Civilization came up Well, then later. he admitted he never played Civilization. That's true. But, I mean, Civilization, <laughs> you can play against <laughs> this, the computer. This might be harsh, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't go to that talk. It's <laughs> fair enough. Um, it's, it's, no, it's, it seems it's sli enough. slightly academic in the way that is off-putting to me about academic game discussions, where you create a definition that is maybe not a, a, a realistic or reasonable definition and then hold yourself to it just for the sake of you've defined it earlier like I, I think that definition yeah. of what is art is ridiculous i mean it has some merit but like well it's, actually it's, it's, I think it's, the, it's a definition yeah i i think the pro there are actually two problems one that he didn't satisfactorily define art at all mm -hmm. he sort of waved uh, one of the things he did he said what makes the he, he sort of pointed well, especially to, coming back to it again and again like there are some things that are that are you know ostensibly art that people would declare as art and they are they exist with the purpose of being seen once. Right. So, I mean, are those not allowed Well, now? yeah, I mean, I, I think his point that, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good, you raise obviously a good point. He was saying you could theoretically keep coming back to a great film, a great book, a great whatever, and get something new out of it each time, which uh, might be true, but might also not be. Also, he... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It was a weird talk. It, was, I, it, it sort of frustrates me because, one, I think he's a really interesting game designer yes. i think he makes really interesting games two i think this is a topic worth thinking about three i think he had some interesting things to say about it but unfortunately it just seemed like a weird grab bag of things yeah. i had in my head that <clears throat> yeah actually right. don't connect one of the sort of basic conclusions that he had was more like um you know wouldn't it be cool if more indie games were multiplayer Right. That, yeah, that was that kind of a, yeah, that's, the yeah. that sort yeah. of stuff is frustrating to me because one of the things that I like about games as a medium is that they're ridiculously not limited in those regards. Like right. a piece of performance art obviously has the restrictions of it takes place in real time, probably on a stage or like outside. Uh, it exists only that one time in real time, uh, or like a painting is painted. But games can include all of these different things. So just saying, well, it's obviously only this one part. Then you're cutting out events that could take place only once in uh, a sort of online environment or, like an AR right. or something. Yeah. yeah you know I mean like why why make a definition that deliberately slices a huge chunk of the potential out of the media right well I think his problem was is he was using the literal like sort of the traditional definition of game like he, he was sort of going back to well a game is something that that people do like essentially two or more people do it's based on a system of rules uh, things emerge out of those rules. I mean, that's true, but also in the last 40 years, game has expanded to mean things that are not technically games. Well, right, I mean, if, you, if you're just talking about, if you're to... talking about like chess go and freeze tag, uh, eh, right, it's... but he also referred to things like Settlers of Catan and so forth, which are in fact actual games, uh, in the way that a video game is not, but it's, but 
I think the thing he forgot to consider is that we use the term video game in a fairly loose way that we don't require to mean technically a game. Like, uh, I mean, Bioshock is, is only extremely loosely a game, but nobody cares because we don't play it because it's a game. We play it because it's a fun, interactive experience. Right. And I think he forgot to to separate the, the specific word game from the general term video game as it's used by people who actually play video games. So I think he sort of made a mistake there that permeated throughout his whole argument yes. and made it weird. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, this is sort of a separate point entirely, but uh, whenever there's... Uh, a serious cast. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are not um, smiling. Oh, We're man. laughing. More jokes. Come on. Jake just laughed. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did a forced laugh Sweet. afterwards. Mm. Nice. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, right. Um, yeah, whenever uh, there's a discussion about uh, games becoming some kind of greater art form or, uh, you know, uh, achieving more recognition, uh, what saddens me is that um, the other side of that, um, like, there's two things that need to happen for that. Um, the games need to be a certain way or the uh, developers need to aspire to cer uh, certain things but also the audience need to recognize when there's a game that actually does you know it's a sad nerd it, syndrome finally they'll see what i really <laughs> am <laughs> no i, I mean, you know, I mean uh, a, a lot of people don't recognize um for instance okay i tried to show uh the passage to other people the passage actually you know um uh you know it affected me uh, right. uh emotionally on some level it wasn't yeah. it was a nice little uh sure uh but uh when i showed it to other people who perhaps were not as game literate as yeah. i was uh they didn't really get it they didn't right. couldn't really translate that pure gameplay into something that meant something to them so it is both a uh, sort of cultural thing that needs to happen and a um creative uh, thing that I'm of mixed mind on that because I think what you say is true. Certainly, like games do, and especially a game like The Passage, which is a very sort of like big pixel art. You know, very uh, it's def yeah. definitely something that that sort of clearly is intended probably to work better on someone who's familiar with video yeah. games. Um, but I, but on the other hand. You wouldn't. God, this is a stupid example to use, but I think it's a fairly good one. Even though everyone brings it up every two fucking seconds, Citizen Kane is a movie. I know. <laughs> nice. I Citizen Kane myself. invoked. It's just. It's All a, right. I think it's a really good example of something where, like, the first time. Well, at least for me, the first time I saw that movie was when I was fairly young, and I didn't really get anything out of it much at all. I didn't really like. I didn't have the framework. I didn't. Yeah. hadn't seen enough. Don't you need film, sort of. To yeah. understand what flashbacks are and sort of and how uh, certain mechanisms of right. movies and like yeah. and things like when you sort of just as you see more films you you start just picking up on cinematic techniques that you're used you start yeah. to recognize when they're used in cooler more creative ways I mean when I when I saw Citizen Kane later as someone who had seen a fucking way more films was much more interested in films actively sought out interesting films yeah that movie fucking blew me away like it was like I'd never even seen it before <laughs> IGN.com IGN.com <laughs> yeah exactly and I, and I and I went and watched a whole bunch more Orson Welles stuff after that because it was so I was so fucking excited like and so I, I can't it's hard it's hard for me to form a, a firm opinion on that because I, I think what but then there are other there are other great films that are that don't require that you know what I mean mm. necessarily and they're they're still great like Con Air <laughs> <laughs> The rock, <laughs> yeah, um, and so I don't know. The hairdryer in our in our hotel is labeled Con Air. 
Whoa, yeah. That's a common hairdryer thing in the United hot States. Hot scoops. Yeah. <laughs> Not that hot. <laughs> <laughs> Old, smelly scoops. <laughs> Shitty scoops. Cold, wet scoops. I, I, sorry, I saw um, in a store today the DVD of Citizen Kane, and I realized that the game industry has ruined Citizen Kane for me now. You were just playing so much Kills on 2 at this point that Citizen Kane, like, just, it's, it just it pales in comparison. Luster, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always associate it with something, a horrible analogy that exists in the games industry. No, you're right. And and I, I hate myself for bringing it up. Yeah. I, I could have brought up, I don't know, fucking Metropolis or something. Really, it's fully dated. Bring like, up the, the Godfather. I, <laughs> the reason I brought it up is because it's black and white, and a Alien. lot of <laughs> and a lot of people have like a weird thing about watching black and white movies, and f- just because I don't really know, it's some like weird arbitrary thing that they don't want to watch. It also has somewhat, in some cases, some of the characters use sort of an older acting style, more drive from theater that is a little more affected, and it, it's just sort of one of those movies that I think is undeniably great, but also it requires you to kind of take it for what it is because of its uh, it, it is at somewhat dated in some respects that's kind of why i brought it up but there are a lot of other films obviously that is I there ever going to be a citizen kane game are they going to license citizen <laughs> yeah, kane like, I'm, I'm wondering citizen this because yeah. maybe that will be the citizen kane of gaming <laughs> <laughs> oh man have we talked about have we talked about molyneux fucking thing yet i don't his didn't latest you... thing on the podcast Mm, I don't know. I'm not on the, this podcast. Well, I, I, sorry, I'm I really sure. do want the Citizen Kane of gaming to be Citizen Kane. <laughs> the game, yeah. yeah, the video game. Finally, the Citizen well, Kane the of guy, gaming. And Citizen it's Kane, a, the video game. It's actually an <laughs> FPS where you, I don't know, where you go down a hill on a sled or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> EA Biggs, Citizen Kane. <laughs> oh my God, that would be incredible. SSX Kane. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'd play that. I'd be probably really like it. I know it'd be hilarious. Soundtrack by Mixmaster Mike. <laughs> you, you, you get to you, you, Rosebud is is like throughout. You get to upgrade it throughout the game and like buy a new bling for it. To oh, look wow. at it like rotate it around. Microtransactions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you get the solid gold sled if you if you master all characters. Yeah, I'd play that. But there's the other comparison that. Um, and I hope we didn't already bring this up, so we're not repeating it on like last week's show. But uh, Peter Molyneux recently declared as an amazing fucking now that now that uh the trail of tears i'm sorry the countdown to tears is over <laughs> it's a little different uh, yeah yes. a little slightly different now that the countdown to tears has i guess ended with the iphone um we can now move on to this next amazing fucking deadline uh peter molyneux declares that a game will reach godfather level of storytelling in 2016 sweet <laughs> so on the playstation 4 is what he's saying by dropping so, by dropping yeah. 2016 he's implying that uh oh that's right that's because the, the, play- the, the playstation 3 is done in 2015 <laughs> right, right. So. sweet two years <laughs> <laughs> so, like what i i mean yeah it's true we'll get all those great playstation 3 games and then they'll yeah. all be trumped by this game that's better than the godfather <laughs> so well, or equal to the godfather oh right equal but it won't be on the playstation 3 the funny thing about this is, <laughs> that's yeah. true because yeah they'll, yeah. they'll yeah. squeeze mm. the last little bit out of that one but the We're funny thing about, about this that. quote to me is that well i guess they're starting in 2015 so maybe yeah. i mean godfather could still exist on ps3 Remember, I mean, remember, like in 2015 is when they when they attain that capability. Oh, so this will. That oh, right. Mean, so this this will, doesn't mean they have to stop. This will be like the second generation of games that maximize the PlayStation 3's right. processing power. Exactly. Fuck, this is going to be an amazing game. Yeah. We got to stop talking about the PlayStation 3 yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, but the, the the thing that amazes me about the Molyneux quote is that with the Neil Young quote, fucking five years ago when we first thought that was hilarious, we sort of had to 
put in the 2009 for him. You know, he said in five years, we had to go, okay, he, he, he might mean within five years or in fact, five years from now. Peter Mall knew, no, he went right out and said it, 2016. That's the specific year. And the thing it's is, the year 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's not even like five years or 10 years. It's not even a round sort of just estimate type number. No, it's, it's just seven years from now, specifically. It might have come from an S. Even it might have been pulled. Yeah. A mall and ass. A mall and ass. It might have come from a mall Mall and ass. ass. <laughs> Sorry, that might be a game <laughs> with an apostrophe. Like Mace Griffin Bounty Hunter? Like Russian Attack. Or that. Okay. <laughs> or, or, yes, or Mace Griffin Bounty Hunter. <laughs> Sweet. Maybe. He had a cowboy hat, then he didn't. It's true. Okay. Oh, man. I wonder if the Godfather game could be Fable 6. Because, Whoa. I mean, he <laughs> yeah. has basically announced. Fables three through six. Right? I, thought he he announced, he, I thought he announced two through five. Well, two's already out. Oh, so he just bumped up one more. Three was secret. Oh, you're right. I think it was two through five. Through tweeters, twats. Yeah, that's that's the passive explicit. I mean, whatever. Yeah, we've earned our explicit tag on iTunes. Oh, we have one every week, so it's okay. Twats. Cool. Balls. Poop. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, I guess we can start a new countdown now. Yeah. It's 2016. I mean, I guess... Countdown to The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, he said it in the Equal last or few better. Days, so I <laughs> That's guess the could, subtitle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we could just say GDC 2016 uh, again, I mean... Yeah, yeah. that's but, where he reveals things. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I think he actually... That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's where Molinas reveals things. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to go to that off. session. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to go to that fucking keynote. It's, 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 it's gross. <laughs> you don't want to see his PowerPoint slides. <laughs> <laughs> I've discovered that I can sit on the scanner. <laughs> he would, no. he would sort of oh. excitedly speak sort about of. in hushed, excited tones. Now, what you have, what you have to understand is that I've never, oh, I've never done this before. But if you lift up, if you lift up the door, you can sit on it. Oh Lord! What? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you might say that. Might. There might be a dog involved that will teach you how to love. <laughs> That's true. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, you wanted to tell Merrick and I about something called On Live. Oh, yeah, On Live. Yes. Um, yeah, this is a weird thing. This is, uh, there have been a fucking ton of forum threads and news articles about this because it's weird. Um, oh, is this that future thing? This is the future. Don't spoil it. Oh, spoiler, it's the future. Oh. <laughs> it says marketing VP or yeah. maybe excited journalist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, basically, this company has been developing a technology secretly for seven years. That, which is, uh, so th so they've been developing developed in secret for seven years. <laughs> exactly, the top minds of something of these dudes of these dudes dudes in the Silicon Valley in the Silicon Valley. Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like, thanks. Hmm. Five. Uh, <laughs> so they've been making this thing that basically does. It allows you to play PC games that are entirely processed with cloud computing. So basically, they have servers that are really powerful gaming PCs, presumably with multiple video cards and just as fucking crazy as they can make them, that play the game, that render all the game. They play the game they for you. Game. It's a machine robot. Uh, you input with the controls on your computer. That's. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you know what I mean. You type in the commands you wish the game to do. Oh, man. That reminds me. I think there's a DS game that's coming out that's, like, text-based or something. Okay. I don't know. I got a press release what? about some, oh. like, text adventure on the mm. DS, which is weird. But anyway, I, I don't actually know, so I don't want to talk about it because I might be wrong. Can you still uh, blow into the microphone or something like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Left. Yeah. Left. Right. Left. More, right. more men. This is an in-joke. Yeah. Monstering, <laughs> monstering. Okay, so the uh, this, this crazy thing um, basically allows you to play crazy PC games like with their graphics turned all the way up without actually even having a GPU in it your just computer. Streams it streams mysterious, video like frames. creepily lagless video to you, right? And you can, I mean, you can do it on TV or a or a PC. You can do it on a TV with a little, just small little dongle. Mongol, that you <laughs> you just said small little dongle. I did. They described it as a micro console, but I prefer to call it a dongle. I believe that's the proper term. Technical term, yeah. Yes, it is. Industry dongle. <laughs> yeah, idle thumbs might be an industry dongle. Um, so it basically. <laughs> anyway, please actually speak. Sorry. Um, so basically, the thing is, it allows you to play the PC games without having any hardware, any gaming hardware, so, without having so to upgrade. So, like anything. the idea is, you could play through Crisis turned all the way up on a netbook because exactly. it's just streaming the video to you. Right. Exactly. And it just compresses it. Uh, apparently, the video they've gotten the video compression latency down to one millisecond. Um, so the only latency involved is the actual network latency, which they've also been trying to improve fairly impressively, actually, by by communicating directly with actual internet providers and literally working with them to like actually having engineers on the project to find like inefficiencies in their system where that are leading to things like packet loss and other things that affect latency over a network. And so they're actually try they're actually trying to literally get to the root of the problem like as much as they can, which is interesting because that actually benefits everybody, even people who don't uh, even use their service, uh, which is which is cool. Um, you also have to be within 1,000 miles of one of their centers, so they're going to be installing. I mean, they, I think they only have two so far, but this thing isn't going up until winter, so they have. I don't know. So let me get this straight: uh, a yeah. game is being played uh, on a server. Yes. Basically, uh, okay, that's going to be expensive because for them, uh, yeah. yeah, because processing power on a server that is something you have to pay for. Uh, so uh, how I don't know. <laughs> if, if you're gonna, you in fact pay I mean, them money to a, use okay, their service. Sure, it's a but not a free no, no. service. Okay, I you, get that, but but scaling that up is gonna be a challenge. Like uh, having a, a thousand billion trillion, I don't know, uh, just a lot uh, of FPS is being played on a server at the same time. Um, One would hope that the first thing they figured out was how to make yeah. this financially scalable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Also, it seems like this. Oh, actually, I, don't, I have no idea how that would scale. I was going to say it seems like it would get cheaper the more people you have. But like, uh, if you have five people, it's going to require the number of PCs that it requires using their infrastructure to play five games. And if you have two million people, it's not like oh, well, the you don't need less processing right. power for right. that. No, it's true. You, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would assume they thought of that. <laughs> oh, the, shit! I, I, People are using this! Yeah, I mean, not just to give them the benefit of the doubt and everything, but I mean, in seven years, presumably that was probably the okay. second thing they thought of after network speed. I, I, I'm just thinking of, like, a Web 2.0 uh, sort of things that, right. for instance, deal with video editing, which takes a lot of processing power, and yeah. they're just, uh, like, I think one of them was taken over by Yahoo, and they just stopped because it was just like, ah, oh, these servers are dying completely. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's seems like an epic thing to you. Yeah. No, but uh, it could work. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, this that's the kind of stuff they probably spent frightening amounts of money trying to figure out yeah. and solve. I just sort of 
enjoy that the technology exists for this to work at yeah, all. It's, even, yeah. if, even, if, even if it scales to the point right. that it falls apart and explodes. Yeah. No, I <laughs> that mean, means that in maybe, you know, by no, like by 2016 I, or so, we, we'll <laughs> be able to just be, you know, experiencing this straight in our eyeball. Yeah. I did, in fact, play... Cra- I, I did this last week. I had a pre-briefing before it was announced. I a pre-briefing? I, I briefed I before the announcement. <laughs> prior to the announcement. A proofing. Uh, okay. I proofread their press release. I did not do that. Uh, I, I did, in fact, play Crisis on a tiny, like, 8-inch netbook. It was really fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> it was really, really weird um, to have that experience. Did you uh, beat it? I beat the whole thing in their office. Yeah. Cool. In fact, this actually makes you awesome at games in addition. That was a weird technology. It's got like a power glove built in. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sweet. sweet. Nice. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, I played that in Grid also in Burnout Paradise, I think. Um, it's a surprising thing. It is weird that it actually works. And that was officially unveiled today at the show, right? Yeah, it was actually uh, f- technically announced accidentally yesterday because Variety broke the embargo. But they, I think, Because they're it. cool. Because yeah. they're rad. But uh, yeah, industry. today they showed it. <laughs> We didn't go because we were here setting up this room to podcast, but I already saw it. So whatever. Nick Brecken was there live at the scene. Oh, that's so right. He can report on it any If any comedic if or interesting back. things happened, if he, if he yeah. ever shows up again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. It's a, it's a weird fucking thing. They, they, what they want to do eventually is actually bypass... I mean, right now, it just goes through your, your ISP. It just goes straight through you know, your web, your fucking internet superhighway. But what they're hoping to do eventually... Um, they, they, which is they told me this actually they're um, going to attempt to communicate directly with cable providers with and actually brain. just go what nothing oh, yeah. I said with your brain oh that's true um, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's confirmed yeah no what they want to do is actually just partner directly with uh, cable companies and just go straight into your home through that not going not don't go through your router like it does now but just go straight through your actual cable connection right into your TV or whatever <laughs> they want. Fuck the internet. We want to use cable broadcasting. No, I know which I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, w- the, but I mean, the, the, the weird implication Your FM of that radio. is that is that you could actually, you know, if this company I mean, the, I'm was sure the hope purchased is that by it, DirecTV Right, it would just work with a set-top box or whatever. Right. I mean, the, the idea is you could theoretically, like, at some day, turn to the game channel on DirecTV and just fucking right. play Crisis in- instead of it. Instead of ordering whatever fucking... Baby mama off of, <laughs> off of, uh, off of like you know, com- ordering com- a baby mama. Well, you know, like off of is Comcast on do? demand instead of watching that, you you end up you know yeah. loading up the crisis. Right. The in, in theory, in sort of dreamland, this would actually be really cool because uh, you would have uh, one configuration which could still be upgraded for everyone. Uh, you know what I mean? Because uh, with uh, with uh, consoles, you're fixed to uh, one uh, console generation uh, every time. Well, yeah. If it's just uh, if it's just user, streaming video right. from a yeah, source, then exactly. they would be the ones who upgrade it and just yeah, charge right. you more money. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Sweet. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah right. In agreement. It's just sort of standard DirectX stuff that developers are already used to. So yeah, all they really have to do is specify the target spec of the computer. Yeah. So hopefully, this yeah. is real and not you know. I know. Yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't break as soon as more than two people start using it at the same time. Yeah. Or you know, yeah. also and you, you know, has yeah. games actually works for a regular consumer, right. stays in business. I should mention also, you need if you actually want to do it in HD. This is actually a pretty big catch. Um, if you want to do it in HD, you need a five megabit connection, which I think only twenty five percent of American homes currently have. Um, I think a lot of places can't even get access to that. Like my my house is in a place that's too shitty to yeah. To even so get so that that'll yeah. So that'll be probably a a limiting thing. I think. I, I asked them what they what they think the trends are for that, like what you know what they think 
they, they didn't I'm really, sure they think it's amazing. Yeah, well, they didn't really give me an answer, actually, um, so I don't really know. <laughs> they, they probably know it's going to take longer than they They actually dropped a smoke bomb, and then when it cleared, they weren't in the room <laughs> right. anymore. It was yeah, weird. exactly, yeah. They dropped a conf grenade. Uh, <laughs> oh. Speaking hey. of the future of PC gaming, yeah. uh, in Moscone North, they have uh, Microsoft has a booth with a couple of you know uh, terminals that show off some 360 and GFW games. Yeah, um, th- things like Halo Wars and Dawn of War Two, and one of the ones that was running GFW, uh, Dawn of War Two, had crashed. Nice. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Speaking of the future of games. Yes. Oh man, that actually reminds me. Also, I talked to the Games for Windows Live guys today. And they did tell me they're actually working on removing the 100 friends limit. Hey, hey. Game, Whoa. which Whoa. makes me incredibly happy. So I hope they actually do. Those that. Uh, have a lot some of people think that is uh, that was deliberate, not for technical reasons, but simply because if you go beyond 100 people, it becomes insane to manage, and there's a whole theory about it and uh, stuff. Well, that that might have been. The, I mean, I, I think that that might very well have been the original reason. But the, the, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, it's a legacy holdover from Xbox One. When they made that decision, for whatever reason, be it for technical reasons or deliberately, it doesn't really matter mm. why the original reason was. But the, the thing is, now I think they realize that was a bad decision, but they couldn't change it because games, particularly with backwards compatibility, there was no way for them to change that. Because if you mm. loaded up an Xbox right. One game to play online, <clears throat> Fair enough. and the developer hadn't coded in support for more than 100 friends, it wouldn't. It would. So is it now unlimited, or well, they have not, set no, a new it's not limit? Anything yet? It's still just one hundred. But I mean, they're saying they're going to. Oh, fix okay, they're going to. Okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how exactly, but they, cool. They plan to be. They claim to be fixing it. I've got like thirty friends, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have two. You have two. I have none. I have no friends. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Sweet. Maybe we should stop for a minute. Yes. Yeah, take a break. Break. Video game. So we're back, and we have replaced Bronstring America Bronstring with our buddy Lawrence. Hello. From Beatnik Games. He's a programmer. That's right. Quite adept at Carmack's Reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Bishop, I'm sorry. Yeah. Bishop Lawrence Bishop. I forgot. I, I don't think I have that full title, but That's yeah. <laughs> I'm not a You've bishop. earned it today. Thank you. Just by being here. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about comics oh, reverse. About well, comics I just thought reverse. I was, okay, I was yeah, talking to Lawrence the other that. day, and somehow it came up that there's an actual programming technique called Carmax reverse. This is like the crazy <laughs> Ivan of the programming world. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> it, sounded, it sounded to me like a crazy chess thing. Like you know what I mean? All those <laughs> right. openings and like counters right. that have. Oh, he's opening with he's with Carmax reverse. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> In the programming semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, it's just um, it's a sh- shadowing technique. Uh, when you do volume shadowing, you have like uh, uh, shapes extend volumes uh, from the light to the surfaces that are casting on, and you count whether how many times you go in and out uh, to see whether a pixel is lit or not. Um, like you do, like you do. Hmm. Um, but if you're inside the shadow, then the counts are incorrect, and so everything that's light is dark, and everything that's dark is light. And Carmack came up with a technique to solve this, and it's been coined as Carmack's reverse. Is well done, pretty pleasing, because Carmack is a crazy intelligent guy that drives all of graphics. That's a, that's a hard drive. <laughs> Very much drive. so. Yeah, I haven't made that drive before. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Also, uh, in completely unrelated news. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for this. I wanted to. I wanted to uh, just inform people in case they weren't aware that okay. So I'm sure you're probably familiar with Goldfish, the baked snack, cra- baked snack crackers. Unless you're like from fish. out of the US. Unless, like, oh, I do am. they not have those in New Zealand? No, they don't. Do they have those in the UK? Have what? Sorry? Goldfish. Goldfish. No. Wow. Well, all all Americans and probably Canadians right. are familiar no, with no the Goldfish. No Farm Goldfish, the baked snack crackers. Well, apparently. Um, <laughs> they have named a goldfish, and his name is Extreme, with no E. Well, with with no leading E. Uh, <laughs> the name of this goldfish is X T R E M E. Registered symbol. It, with a registered symbol. So all of you game marketers, you can't fucking say that anymore. It's a registered trademark. No more extreme. Pepperidge Farm owns your fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, Assuming true. your fucking ass is extreme with with an X. Yeah. Yes. And no leading E. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to to get. Make that known because yeah, I mean we we found this that took out me by surprise because the back of the box uh, the half the goldfish in this bag that we've bought for the podcast uh, are basketballs and it's because the back of the goldfish container features the goldfish games starring Dwayne Wade Extreme and you <laughs> and we didn't understand why Extreme was starring until we realized that there's a picture of a goldfish with Extreme registered symbol underneath when, him. When you said that, I imagined Extreme being the '80s hair metal band that did the song <laughs> at the end of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> Uh, They're also in this bag they of might goldfish. Also be in this goldfish. It's a, yeah, there's you goldfish. Can't really tell they might the also shape, be in this goldfish. <laughs> yeah, if you dig deep enough, there's a bunch of flying V guitars down at the bottom of the bag as well. It's, yeah, uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's cool. So, you know, buy that if you want. So, mm. yeah, that's, you know, and that's it for today. Thank you. Idle <laughs> thumbs. Out. Yeah. Uh, J- Lawrence and I, so uh, speaking of Jason Rohrer, who we spoke about before the break. Oh, uh, is this the Rohrer story? Rohrer story. Rohrer story. The fabled Rohrer story. Rohrer. <laughs> Nice, Jake. Uh, thanks, Jake. Uh, after Rora spoke at GDC, his name is hard to say. Rorer? Yeah. <laughs> Rorer? You sound like a retarded lion. <laughs> what? A retarded lion. Okay. Scooby Doo is actually talking about a weird indie bedroom programmer whenever he says anything. I don't think he works out of his bedroom. Oh, well, you know, dude. It's yeah. a capital B with a registered symbol. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, after after Rorer spoke, Rorer uh, spoke. <laughs> anyway, a story. Lawrence, you tell the story. Okay. What, 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 <laughs> being mocked mercilessly. Rorer, Rorer. What did we see uh, on the streets of San Francisco, Lawrence? As we were making our way to uh, to meet Merrick, uh, out of a rather fancy hotel, but perhaps a Hyatt. Oh, it was the Marriott. I believe. Oh, the Marriott. Okay. Um, came Jason Rorer <laughs> with uh, someone else. And uh, he was making his way was into it a Jay Allard. No, Jay Allard. someone. Oh, if I would have guessed that, it would have been incredible. Okay, yeah. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I have no idea who it was. Oh, okay, um, was it uh, like a prostitute? You, you said it. <laughs> you said it in a very like suggestive way. Well, let's just say it was like a prostitute. The potential prostitute was had she a, a prostitute. Uh, he, she was male, and he. Oh, whoa! And he had so a GDC it lanyard. Was a very kinky situation. What? He had a GDC ID, so possibly a prostitute. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this. GDC prostitute guy (laughs) was with Jason Rohrer and they came out of the hotel and went into a limo that was parked outside and they were chased by like four people with like massive cameras and boom mics. (laughs) It was really bizarre. This huge celebrity moment for Jason Rohrer who lives in a cabin somewhere or something. Yeah, all the developers that you could possibly imagine (laughs) starring (laughs) in that anecdote. Was that real? I mean, was that just, was that... All staged for some I video that's going to appear on I mean, TigSource and embarrass us? I don't know. A TV channel called, like, Art TV? Is that what it's, it was? It's Art. You know, Art TV. A-R-T. I mean, no, it I had an know. E at the end. Oh, A-R-T-E? Yeah. The I E understand. is silent. It, it was W-A-R-T. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was hard to tell if it was... Uh, 
planned or you know it was the gaming paparazzi (laughs) (laughs) little known fact the san francisco bay area is the one region in the world that has a paparazzi that follows uh game designers yes so we witnessed i hope that they uh were trying to follow up on details of a salacious tryst with the male prostitute yeah almost certainly (laughs) that's probably what happened yeah, so that's, that's our a good story. story. I enjoy that. Oh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> Especially your augmented, imagined version. Which is yeah, way exactly creepier little. than what really happened, I think. Yeah, that was the best part. Once you introduced the horror angle, it really took off. <laughs> the horror story? The horror angle. Roar, horror. Roar. It's, it's, it's the Roar's Roar, horror story. Horror. <laughs> the Roar horror. <laughs> that's a good story. Yeah. It's like Hogan's Heroes. It's Roar's horrors. <laughs> It's exactly like that. I'm pretty sure that it's the same source material. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that being said. Games. Video games. Anything cool that you saw at uh, GDC, Lawrence? At the right. Lawrence, uh, by the way, is another Thumb alum. That right? Yeah, I wrote two articles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually get to do any GDC today because I'm a giant failure. Oh man! That's I left too my bad. pass in my room when I went to the first talk, <laughs> and then when I got back to get uh, when I got my pass, the talk had obviously already started, and so I just did some work. Awesome! So, <laughs> what? Yeah, that's lame. So you were developing video games at the right, Game Developers right. Conference. So oh, you yeah. you attended in in spirit. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, whenever anyone's working on a game, they're attending the Game Developers <laughs> Conference. Yep, so I, I attend the Game Developers Conference every day of I mean, yeah, my you life. Your life must be awesome. You could consider a development studio a Game Developers Conference. Yeah, there's some Game convening. developers are conver- conferring, conferring and convening. Yeah. Sorry. We do confer quite a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, nice. so you were there. Yeah. How about, how about Monday? Anything interesting? You didn't go there. On Monday, I did uh, tourist oh, right. things with Alex, I'm sure. Right. So. <laughs> anything cool there? <laughs> Um, awesome. Golden Gate Park was very nice. Excellent. Anyway, <laughs> you didn't make it to GDC today, but you will on Wednesday. Yeah. What are you looking forward to, Lawrence Bishop? Yeah, we can talk about that. So. Um, things I'm looking forward to. Uh, Keita Takahashi, just because he's crazy and <laughs> <Right>. awesome. <Yes. laughs> and uh, his description of his thing says, come if you enjoy listening. Yeah. <laughs> this session is intended for anyone who cares to listen. Yeah, that's what it was. The, the intended takeaway is... A refreshing change of pace. <laughs> that is, in fact, it's the entirety of the abstract. So is, mysterious. Is, is, I'm pleased. If It'll you be wish good. to see a man draw a sort of sedate square face over the top of his PowerPoint slide right. while speaking, yeah. this is the panel for you. Yeah. That guy's awesome. Yeah. He made an incomprehensible game. I enjoy that, that against fucking all possible odds... Uh, Nobi Nobi Boy is 1,000 times weirder than, than Katamari. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's incredible. It takes a special kind of person it, to, it to make that It basically ended up happen. blowing minds to the point that maybe they were too blown to actually purchase the game. But, you know, <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, they got to the moon pretty quickly. That's true. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, like... But I don't think almost, they will have reached um, Mars. I'll be, I'll be sad. Of, of the time that they expected they've it gotta, to. They've got to go farther and farther out as the audience drop-off increases. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. Yeah. So, Well, it'll just be a years-long project, maybe. I mean, do you guys ever know? I mean, maybe Molyneux is talking about when they get to Pluto and discover that it's not actually a planet after all, and then they have an emotional response <laughs> to, to the degree of The Godfather. Apparently, the, yeah, they're going to be adding it's, lots of DLC. He's he's got lots of things weird. in the work uh, in the works, uh, like, like other smaller almost. asteroids that are closer. To- um, no, I mean like actual more functionality for the game. Uh, that'd be um, cool if you could purchase DLC that benefit that. Applied to everyone's game in the world. That's the only guy I can could consider ever adding that to his game. <laughs> where it's like for five hundred dollars, you purchase, you know, fucking Office and Tori. I mean, that'd be far away, but like, you know, everyone then it, contributes to the purchase. No, if just just one no, just sort one of one guy. benevolent oh, investor <laughs> yeah. in Nobi Nobi Boy is everybody willing to sink five hundred dollars. 
Well, yeah. I'm just, I mean, I'm not proposing this like okay. as a business plan this moment. I'm just <laughs> making up a figure that, I see. that could be paid. That would be an extreme type of DLC. Yeah, that would be awesome. Of you just sort I of mean, invest in public works yeah. within the world of Nobi Nobi Boy. If you, if, you, if you charged $50 for those DLC, certainly people would buy them just to be cool on the internet. Within minutes, a dude would have purchased yeah. that. the guy who bought Alpha Centauri. Someone hmm. would want to say that, regardless <laughs> yeah. of how much nobody would care, maybe. Uh, a dude would want to be able to claim that. You know he would. I did. Yeah. That'd be the internet. But I would I would still think that's cool. So fictional dude who spends five hundred dollars on single screen uh shared co op is coming to that game. So. Yeah, oh, that's, that's what I yes. heard. Yeah. So you just both get a Nobi Nobi boy? Yeah. Oh, you cool. actually get two separate ones. Not, as far as I, I know. I was wondering if you controlled each of the heads. Oh, oh. That, oh yeah, because you could do cool. that in, in uh, Katamari 2. Yeah, you yeah. each yeah. control I would, an, uh, Two would be better axis, than, than one person gets the butt. I think it'd be nice to have both. <laughs> one, one, one person gets, gets the, the butt. <laughs> but then, of that course, yeah, one like person a, would have But I mean, both in the game and sort of your yes. play experience. It's in a fortune cookie. That's a really sad, gross fortune cookie. I got... If you try hard, good things will come. Oh, I got, uh, keep doing what you're doing, and a new uh, events will be revealed. I got, hmm, one person <laughs> gets the butt. <laughs> Which is that oh, fortune. Right. <laughs> I guess that is the butt. I mean, I guess if that's the butt, it could be worse. If your butt is to get a bad, you know, yeah, butt yeah. to get a bad fortune cookie thing. Your butt? <laughs> You've already got a, a butt is apparently a bad thing that happens to you. Well, you know, if I your mean, butt is a fortune cookie, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> saying, you know, I figured getting the butt would be, essentially, it's like getting the high hat. You know, you're sort of getting, getting the, the, high, the raw end of the deal. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, it's not. No one I knows what that means. No one says getting the high hat anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just bringing. I mean, just, just watch the first five minutes of Miller's Crossing. Right. And you'll uh, understand. So that yes. will occur many times. <sighs> so Jake Rodkin, uh, <laughs> as what are you looking forward to at GDC as someone who potentially remembers what day sessions are on, which I don't. I totally don't remember what day sessions are on. And Chris I, Remo, what, <laughs> what GDC sessions are you looking forward to? <laughs> uh, I'm looking I was, forward I was to deleted extremely butt. quick. You're looking for, forward to what? Getting the butt. Oh well, uh, you know, one person's going to get the butt. <laughs> yeah, that's what I <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I actually haven't... Um, I'm just sort of looking forward to going yeah. to GDC. Yeah. yeah, no, it's always fun to go <laughs> to GDC, for sure. Um, Ride those escalators. They just go up and down. Is that there's, what you do at GDC? There's, there's more to GDC <laughs> than the escalators. Like, think Man, a great time. That's a pretty good slogan. There's more to GDC than the escalators. <laughs> <laughs> I'll suggest that to my employers. Thanks, yeah, I don't think they'll that. use it. No. No. Well, maybe they will. Maybe one guy would. Um, yeah, no, I, I have some things that I'm looking forward to, but I don't... Specifically, remember which days they're I mean, on. I'm just going to look. I'm, way I'm looking forward comes. to the stuff that I always enjoy generally, which are you know like the experimental gameplay sessions and yes. and uh, like Clint Hawking's thing that's guaranteed oh, yeah, to be worthwhile. At yeah, and Hawking's, yeah. I mean even attending the keynotes always has its own value. And uh, but keynotes the, are their own reward. Keynotes are their own <laughs> reward. TM. Uh, but the stuff that always is the best at GDC are the things that you think might potentially be interesting and then are secretly super awesome. Right. Uh, oh, that's you know, true. I mean. I'm looking forward to being surprised. Yeah. Good. Well, I mean, when you consider that, I mean, sparkle tooth. Yeah. No, it's yes. true. There are, no. In fact, I would say some of the some of the the ones that are really hyped, sort of once, often once you see those once, you kind of get it. Lights, camera, uh, action. But uh, part three. Part three. Yeah. Part three. Yeah. But but it's true. It's a lot of times, title. weird stuff does occur at just like cool stuff does does occur at, at unassuming sessions. Yes. Um. Which. 
I mean, it's, it's part of what's it's cool a stupid example see. because now it's sort of a staple for me. But the first time I went to, and God, this is a fucking stupid thing to say on Idle Thumbs. Clint Hawking, the designer of Far Cry 2. <laughs> I, I, had, I had no expectations going to that guy's first panel because I was like, oh, he's the guy who made the this good Splinter Cell game. Yeah, yeah, 2006. And then, like, that was by far the highlight of, of, of GDC 2006 for yeah. me. That panel, yeah. like, made me super excited about every possible thing involving games and especially sort of storytelling and sort of player to to world emotional response in games and that sort of thing and i just was yeah. crapping left and right uh and then he made the amazing far cry 2 mm. yeah i mean regardless of what anyone <laughs> no, listening thinks about far cry 2 uh clint Hogney is a really interesting speaker both because he has really anything things to say but also because he's doing a thing that I think is probably really valuable to this industry, which is trying to really define terms and sort of nail down a system for talking about a lot of the stuff that is generally spoken about in very ambiguous terms. I mean, things like immersion and and sort of just like the engagement with the game and, and sort of there are a lot of things that people talk about in games that I think gamers sort of understand and sort of uh, instinctively. It's, yeah, but and, it's the stuff that people sort of just blather on about and right. just reinvent over and over again without exactly. ever even attempting to quantify it. And I think part of that is because people mistakenly say that if you try to quantify anything like that in games, you're going to ruin it or fuck it up. But right. it seems to be his proposals but always I, are really healthy and interesting ways to look at that stuff in a in, right. a, in a sort mm -hmm. of way that is actually sort of able to be categorized. Yeah, and I think it's it's something that is probably just valuable from a just from a, a practicality standpoint. I mean, at the end of the day, as much as you know, you don't want to get too clinical about things. Um, it's definitely true that. That aside from the fairly significant creative part of making games, there is a pretty significant just sort of technical production thing, obviously. I mean, making a game is a huge technical production, and I think it, it probably is a valuable thing to have just if people start on the same page in terms of at least what they understand a term to be, even if they disagree about kind of its relative importance in the game or you know how they want to go about implementing it so forth. I think the sort of understanding what we mean when we say all these different things. When you is, say ludonarrative dissonance. <laughs> right. It's fairly, it's fairly valuable. And Clint Hogan, I think, is actually actively trying to at least address that, if not sort of, you know, nail down, like, ironclad oh, that's right. he does rules. That word. Does sorry. He, what word? Which word? The nail down? The, oh. No, the dissonance. Oh. oh. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. he might like that. Yeah. Right. He'd love that. He might like a thing. <laughs> We're all whispering so that nothing will be picked up. Yes. <laughs> like None, nobody thing. is confident with what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. If we are recommending, I guess if we are recommending sessions for listeners to attend, uh, also Margaret Robertson is an equally engaging speaker. Oh, yeah, and I think she did her first talk last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone else at this table went to that. But I unfortunately uh, missed it. And yeah. I you, it. you went, went, to, Patrick, you went to Patrick Redding's talk. I did, and which I also love. So, yes. I mean, that's okay. Uh, but yeah, she has a talk uh, this year and she's also, I mean, she is, the former editor of Edge magazine and not a designer, so she approaches her talks, I think, probably more from a player's perspective right. than a designer, obviously. But she's also, I believe, equally talented as Clint Hawking in expressing potentially uh, abstract concepts in very engaging and accessible ways. And I guess, you know, this is a superficial thing to say but one of the best presenters generally at gdc but she's found. nice oh <laughs> yeah but she has a lecture this week and uh, she also had one about spore uh strangely oh she had that today that yeah, was today yeah. and i missed that but uh, i yeah I, I i didn't go to it breaking I, news i, I missed spore <laughs> i talked lecture. to somebody who went to that and, and apparently it was her she basically talked about how spore is a huge failure as an educational thing that's probably true probably is true yeah, yeah. And also, it's from what I gathered, she just also just didn't like Spore. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably was related to her. So is that in like a comparison to how SimCity was secretly educational in kind of that kind of like city structure way? Do you know? What are I, like, I, or like I, yeah. Civ? Unfortunately, uh, I, yeah. yeah, I didn't. We actually played Civilization in my school computer lab. Really? Yeah, when oh, it that's first awesome. came out. I that's played cool. SimCity in my school library. Like, our whole class went to a lab of PCs and were assigned to play Civilization. That's amazing. Fine, yeah. you win. I played that at home they... and I had to install it from 16 floppies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was actually 16. Jesus. God, that was a good game, though. Yes. Anyway, Margaret Robertson Worth has every a Do you know what her talk is on this show? Yes, it's about uh, story. story and games and possibly not needing it. Oh, yeah. oh right. That looks really interesting. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Well, I believe uh, that is an officially recommended Idle it Thumbs is. It is, in presentation. Fact. Yeah, it, it sounds is. like, I don't know, it sounds like a topic that has been well covered uh, by the gaming press. And but someone who's intelligent might have something. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yes, I will go to that, but you know, I'm not expecting minds to be blown. Yeah, fair enough. But maybe faces will be melted. Yeah. Possibly. There are some wizards. such... Are wizards a wizard? A wizard what? will be melted. There... Insert sound effect here. Oh, oh like a melt wizard. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. What, what do you want to that. melt him with? There might be a um, a cool session. I, this is one that I'm sort of a little suspicious cool of. Cool session. A cool session. <laughs> cool tools. <laughs> cool tools. Um, <laughs> Jake, do you remember that? Yes, yeah, I okay. remember cool tools. That <laughs> may not be. Really that, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's not. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> you were just talking. About, you were just talking about tools, which are cool, <laughs> not about cool tools. Cool tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't worry about the it. Double the, name. Uh, cool, cool tools. It's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So anyway. Um, YouTube will reveal. Yes. Um, what was I talking about? There was a, right, there's a panel between that features uh, Goichi Suda, a.k.a. Suda51, uh, Emil Pagliarulo, and uh, Fumito Ueda. So basically dudes who made uh, Killer7 and No More Heroes, uh, Fallout 3, and parts of uh, The Elder Scrolls Core Oblivion, and Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. So... A crazy collection of dudes. So yeah, if with you want very your face games. to be crushed by the ridiculous boot <laughs> right. of weird shit, yes. Yeah. The, my only concern is that often panels are not good. Like frequently, <laughs> I mean, that's it's true though. I mean, yeah, that panel could make you excited because you see those three people with your eyes at the same time, right? And that yeah. might be the only actual value that comes out. Exactly. Of it. And maybe like a joke that you laugh at because you like those people, right? I'm pretty sure that panel conflicts with the Margaret Robertson thing. No, it oh. conflicts with Clint Hawking. Oh, was it? I yes. Knew it was oh, something that we, we just talked about. <laughs> sorry, dudes. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. So see both those <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Um, <laughs> what the fuck was uh, that? Or a different time. <laughs> Chris is cyborg personality. A secret, we'll yeah, see both like a secret '80s bad horror movie trailer told you to see them at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah. Don't I guess choose one. Um, actually, that's sort of the killer. It's like branching like, paths. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the murderer's <laughs> row time slot. There's actually a ton of stuff. There's one about the lighting in Mirror's Edge, which I think is really awesome because yeah. that game was fucking gorgeous, um, in large part due to the lighting. Uh, there, there's even even some other things I think at that time slot that were really interesting. So that's unfortunate. Actually, in addition, there's an article on uh, design in lighting at the same time. So basically, an any, article, an article sorry, you can read, session, an yeah, article will be produced well, by a printing article, press. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> Yeah. Watch games journalism at work. But uh, basically, every lighting artist is sad now oh. that those two sessions overlap. Like, of all the fucking things. I mean, I'm sure GDC is not overflowing with amazing articles about lighting. Articles. And the two fascinating ones. I, I, why do I keep saying that? I don't I know. love articles. Uh, amazing <laughs> sessions about lighting. And those two are right on top of each other, which, I don't know, that's too bad, I guess. 
So what you're saying is anyone else's lighting session is probably shit. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure saying. GDC is not overflowing with good stuff. These two good ones. No, with, with well, I'm like, saying you hate you hate everyone else's panels. I'm saying, saying upon the same. <laughs> think services employees. Yes, I'm sure there are good lighting things, but there probably are not. But those are two fairly desirable. But these are two amazing ones, ones like yeah. particularly amazing ones that are at the same time. I don't know. It just seems too bad. Yes, but whatever. Either one would be good. So you know, if you're a lighting guy, go to one of them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think if there are any other cool sessions. You guys remember any others? The GDC micro talks. Oh yeah, that's a weird thing. Maybe yeah. good or horrible. Yeah, or I'm maybe sure some both. of them are good. I yeah, mean, I, I read the. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. The concept of the GDC micro talks is that you have ten speakers who talk for ten. It's like I guess ten, it must be less than ten minutes. It was, like, it was five minutes and ten seconds or something. Like yeah, that. and yeah. I read. I read that sounded okay because the speakers are indeed interesting for the most part. And but I read the session description of that today, and basically. Uh, you know, the fun of that session is that going to be is going to be that each speaker's slides will advance by 16 seconds, regardless of whether they're done talking or not. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty good, actually. They should do that for all sessions. <laughs> if you want to 16 crush seconds it, per slide, yeah, no exactly. matter what. So, well, I mean, you could just duplicate slides, I guess. If you want your speakers already game in the system, have them slowly animate or something. <laughs> right. if, you, if you want your speakers to be frustrated and not be able to deliver a good lecture. Cheesy micro talks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they. Uh, uh, well, they will have designed their talks I mean, about that it. allows them to I mean, practice that in an in incredibly <laughs> specific way, though. I yes, mean. I don't know. It doesn't. I guess it sounds interesting, but possibly not the most conducive format to hearing interesting right. ideas expressed if they're racing. I've, to I mean, a, they've done things similar to this before. I think they've done a strings of ten-minute sessions in the past, and twenty-minute sessions. Well, they do that anyway. But I mean, they're not back to back. Like I've I've been in rooms in GDC before where people have just. I th yeah, I just think they did. I, they did a couple of twenty-minute sessions back to back last year. Okay, I uh, mean, I've seen many. Well, I, I think was there before. They did anyway, needless to say, I've seen, I've seen I've seen handfuls some... of short talks at GDC before, and they're actually fairly enjoyable. Yes. Yeah, I saw some um, two years ago. There was um, in the Indie Game Summit. Um, I think Geneva Chen and um, the guy who did uh, Everyday Shooter. Everyday Jonathan Shooter. Mack. Jonathan Mack. Yeah, and um, a couple of other guys. I can't remember everyone who was there. <laughs> Um, they all did a series of small presentations um, that were easy to compare at that time, I guess. And were they good? Um, yes and no. And okay, yeah, so that's what you variable. from a yeah. series of talks. Yeah, so that's fine. <laughs> yes. yeah. Some were worthwhile. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as they weren't sort of just all bad because of the format, but yeah. No, no, the format didn't affect yeah, the yeah, quality yeah. generally. In your face, Duncan. I guess my point... <laughs> Duncan just got fucking owned. <sighs> Slam, Slam Duncan. Duncan. I guess my point... <laughs> 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 uh, I don't remember what my point is anymore. <laughs> you have been disoriented by slam. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I guess uh, that format seems more geared to uh, having the sessions be entertaining, perhaps in an unintentional way, with people getting cut off by timers. Well, they've got uh, the novelty vaudeville hooks. Perhaps they do. Right. <laughs> uh, and a slide whistle at the ready. And even as, I mean, I don't make games or, you know, work in publishing or anything, so I'm not going to GDC. You're a fucking blogger. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Chris distracted me with a thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, even... You don't work at GDC or... No, I mean, I... Sorry, you would... <laughs> Chris was paying attention. <laughs> I know, I already feel slightly uncomfortable attending the Game Developers Conference, and more so when they try and to cater to people like me with sessions that are, you know, explicitly more entertaining than informative. Ah, uh, yeah, uh... Yeah, I see what you're saying. Although I think probably this, I mean, I don't know. I think there are probably a lot of game developers who also go to that thing. I think the, inter sure. I think the entertaining nice sessions are. I think the entertaining <laughs> sessions are worthwhile. I mean, uh, sure. If, if you yeah. the entertaining sessions, oh, yeah. if you only go to those, then you're probably wasting your life. Right, right. Mm. But I, I enjoy the sort of weird 
just I guess like shared experience and sort of and enjoyment. You're a bona fide game developer. I'm a bona fide wow. game developer, but I don't know. I don't go to all of yeah, them, but it's it's right. it's nice to go to some of them because just yeah. it's, like the it's, game the, it's the sort of content that you're only ever going to see at a game developer's conference. Right. No, that's true. Whether whether it's you know, I mean, you're, I don't know if it's intentional, but things like the game design challenge well, when I was there was hilarious and insane. Uh, I mean, they're supposed intended to be. To be. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm not saying so. That's like but another just, one that's never entertaining. A, there's never another venue where you're going to see like the creator of SimCity face off against the creator of Tetris to design a game. God of War. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah so. whatever. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, they're they're ridiculously indulgent, but I will happily indulge occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I got owned again. <laughs> you oh, you don't enough. even know, fucking bloggers. <laughs> problem with game journalism. <laughs> problem with video game journalism. Yeah, too snappy. It's so snappy. Snappygamer.com. I don't think it is dot com. Maybe it is. Dot WS. <laughs> <laughs> for website. Dot WordPress. Dot com. Dot WS. He sublets somebody else's blogspot account. Yeah, WordPress. So, yeah, go to snappygamer.ws.wordpress.museum. <laughs> uh, do we have any reader mail in this for this conf grenade? Uh, we'd have to obtain some. Yeah. I mean, I can. <laughs> we can take a break. We could be done. We could say games and call it quits. Oh, games, games! I didn't mean to call it quits. I just you said just games. Did say games to quit? I shan't. Say games to quit. Never. All right, here's one. You gonna hang around or you gonna puss out? Here, Chris I, has already, a I already had one loaded my phone that it doesn't need to download. Oh. So, oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> How convenient. Hey. Yeah. Jason Brissett writes. Uh, oh, also known writes, as Idle Thumbs is so cool. Several guy Ray. I don't know. Sorry for being dumb. Uh, lo <laughs> love the podcast. It's made into my top rotation. Okay, cool. I thought you guys brought up an interesting point about Blizzard's early Diablo 3 announcement and how it can be a disservice to fans. Do I even mention Duke Nukem Forever here? Oops, too late. It bothers me nowadays that you can know just about everything about a game before it's been released, and it leads to fatigue before you've even played it. I felt, uh, as a personal example, I felt really good about the amount of time between Street Fighter 4's announcement and its release. From the time it was officially announced to NEGM to the point I was playing it on my TV at home, a bit over a year had passed. That's turnaround I can live with. Uh, maybe change you can believe in. Personally, I feel like once we're stretching into the two-plus-year period of time, it just gets tiring to hear about the average game. In today's crowded marketplace, it seems like there's a set amount of time when you can really make an impact advertising your product. I imagine Blizzard and Nintendo are basically immune to this because of their track record. What do you guys think is a good estimate of time uh, between a game's announcement and when it's on store shelves? I realize this really depends on size and budget, so let's just assume a higher-profile release. You guys should also have more Puffins guest star in your show. <laughs> Thanks. Jason Brissett. Well, I the, agree about the problem. The Godfather of video games was just announced for seven years later. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that's 2016. That, well, that one might exclusively might have been a little me. early. Maybe. Yeah. I personally think for a lot of titles, a year is too long. Even. Yeah, yeah I'd I say like, like I was, I was really excited. Like we, you, Chris, you and I were talking about this earlier when when Half Life Two was first announced, and people thought that it was like oh, yeah. three, three to six months away until Valve sort of unlocked a secret <laughs> year and then right. blamed it on source code being stolen. Yeah. But uh, when those first Half Life Two ads were showing up in magazines with the crowbar and the shadow forming a two, and then it was demoed at E three, and they were, you know, that was. I was so happy that it was like Half-Life 2 and I'll play it like in six months. Holy shit. Yeah. And then uh, by the time it actually came out, I, because it had been a year and a half, felt really overexposed to Half-Life 2 and like yeah. I'd just seen everything. And that's under two years. Two years is a long time. You, I don't is. think you hear yeah. about most films. Like you might hear a film is being filmed. But right. you don't but see you're not gonna get you don't see a million second. stills, a yeah. million clips, yeah. three thousand interviews saying the same thing over and over again. Right. Uh, like to the point that when you see a scene in a movie, it's been beaten into your brain. Yeah. Like. No, absolutely. 
Uh, I'm sorry to compare a game to a movie, but in terms of marketing, in terms of marketing, they're pretty damn similar. It it often gets extended as well for like living in the UK, uh, (laughs) because all right, because you get all the American previews and then you get the UK previews and the same stuff. On more than one occasion, there have been like there's been a huge build-up, mass loads of coverage, and then the game has come out in America. And then everyone's like, hey, this is amazing, this is amazing. <laughs> then many months later, there's still more coverage. It comes out in the UK, and I'm just like, I can't be bothered anymore. Don't you love it that in the UK you have to wait until the game is localized into French, <laughs> German, and Italian <laughs> yes. before you get the English yeah. language release? Do oh, you oh, love I that love as well? It. I love it. And yeah, welcome to, to a shit town Thanks. <laughs> starring. <laughs> starring English-speaking lands that are not in where I live. <laughs> but the, those guys. Well put. That's happened quite a lot recently. I mean, like, on the Wii... The delays on that are enormous. Does it piss reason. you off that they don't change like color to sneak a U into it at I least? Think, like they can no, that, that, give you the really, service. I really don't care. If they're gonna take the fucking time, <laughs> though, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the best thing that the best time that it's taken time to the uh, best time, the best but delay it's time. Um, has time. been for Eco. I think um, when that was released in Europe, they added content. Um, like a whole extra difficulty oh, level right. and yeah. uh, tweak puzzles and a it was semi co-op mode. Wasn't yeah, the co-op mode game? that was really actually quite good. I played through that with my uncle. <laughs> okay, Wait, they had a co-op <laughs> Yeah, in the oh, UK, but in the European version, uh, it's unlockable. Yeah, it's you complete it once and then wow. you can play it and through you, again. You and play, the other person can play as Yorda, but she's they, really kind of wow, clumsy, controllable Yorda. She's very clumsy and that's really interesting though. Yeah, you can't do a lot of stuff. You have to wait for the other guy. So that sounds really good. No, it is. It's really good in the way that you know. The same way that when you play Eco normally, the constraints are oh, that yeah, she's no, kind of yeah, awkward cool. to pull along. But Pre- do you form that emotional bond through handholding? I did with my uncle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm glad. So this but. game encourages weird grossness. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was pleasing because I... Um, did he start making these sort of Yorda sounds? <laughs> uh, I shouted across the, the couch to him. <laughs> hey! Yeah. Enfin! <laughs> Yeah, I uh, was going to say, wasn't there some game, I think it was Metal Gear Solid 3, maybe, that featured, like, European extreme difficulty mode? Yeah. <laughs> that was an amazing it's thing to include and to name. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. European extreme? Yeah. Copyright goldfish. <laughs> no, because it's got the E from European, so they just shut up. It to, oh, okay. No, oh, jeez. Jeepers. You're right. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah. All right, also, so we agree with the list. Yes, I would also just add oh, that ahead. apparently uh, trilogies are now advanced far in advance. Are they advanced in advance? They are announced far in advance, no, such as yeah. Mirror's Edge. Yeah, that and really Mass yeah. Fable two, three, four, five. Right. Yeah. Six, possibly. Six. Yeah, mm. we talked about that. Yeah. No, I, I think Seven? it is kind of. It is five. pretty preposterous now that it's sort of. If you have a game, even before your first game was released, if adventtrilogy.com. Exactly. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yes. been brilliant. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like if you, if, if, if sort of pre release sales and so forth show that your game is probably going to be relatively successful, it's just like, yeah, I think I got a, I think we're going to do a trilogy probably. We're just going to fucking. We've got a whole story trilogy. planned out around yeah. the city. Fuck you. Shut the fuck up. Jesus, <laughs> I hate that so much. Murray's Edge. Yeah. 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 There's a lot to say about this character, Faith. Yeah, right. We can explore There's, that in a subsequent games and I, a comic book. If, if if someone mugged me and threatened to <laughs> stab me in the neck unless I explained to them what happened in Mirror's Edge, I would be unable to... Perform. You would be dead right now? I would now? be dead. I would be bleeding in a ditch with my neck everywhere. That's because you haven't had the full story from the trilogy so that That's you understand true. what happened. No, a good I could tell you the first third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, so more reader mail here. Oh, so we good. agree with that guy. That's ridiculous. Uh, more reader mail? Yeah. 
Hmm. For some reason, my phone, like, this doesn't usually happen. My phone actually kept all the stuff downloaded, even in airplane mode. It's so. a GDC miracle. <laughs> it is. <laughs> all right, so this guy... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Merry conference. Merry conference is what I was going to say. I've been out of touch. Li- I've been an out of touch listener for a while. At first, I began listening to your cast when you guys were at eight episodes in. Then I caught up in a few days while listening to the cast on the bus. Now I'm about eight, seven. I'm sorry, I'm about seven episodes behind because I managed to lose my iPod wire for a while. So how about that crazy Twilight Princess guy, huh? <laughs> I heard he got Cheetos on his hand. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that might explain why this message might be massively outdated, uh, but I'll just go ahead anyway. I remember a while ago you guys talking about stories where a game has influenced real life and vice versa, the countless Katamari stories. But recently I found your podcast screwing with my life. While I was brushing my teeth and listening to Idle Thumbs, there were police sirens blaring near my street. At that point, I ex- oh, this guy's from the UK. I expected to hear an American voice saying, we're getting arrested, or something along those lines. <laughs> However, this did- I'm glad he points out we make the same joke every time. <laughs> However, this did not come, and I realized it's because I'd heard that happen so many times in Idle Thumbs that I expected to hear it in real life. He didn't notice that it was the UK sirens yeah. that time, though? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. The slightly more, like, rhythmic and boisterous siren right, versus right. our sort of crying man. <laughs> Can you make a siren sound, Lawrence? Jake, on I, sirens. I think I hear American sirens too much in TV oh. to actually distinguish uh, I think my I, mind between... This guy hears them too much in podcasts. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we're being arrested, just in case you happen to be hearing sirens right now in real life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so maybe it's a bit sad, but unfortunately it's true. He writes, much love from a silly Englishman called Dost of the forums. Called Lawrence Bishop. <laughs> I, could, oh, I could come up with another stupid name like a lot of other readers, listeners do. P.S. Love from silly name McGee. Hi. Well, <laughs> Silly name. Yep. Um, hey, well, cool. I didn't notice this the first time it came in. Uh, Brendan Chung, who uh, created Gravity Bone. Gravity Boneman. Yeah. Gravity Boneman. He writes, (laughs) I'm Brendan Chung, the maker of Gravity Bone. Mm. I... Sorry, my volume thing blocked this up. I was listening to the Idle Thumbs podcast and fell out of my chair just a little when I heard you all mention the game. <laughs> just a little. Just a little. <laughs> I've been so listening the, to the podcast for a while and never expected away. to hear one of my games being discussed. Love the show. Thanks for the mention, Brendan. Oh. Awesome. Well, that's rad. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Well done, us. And anyone else who hasn't played Gravity Bone, go do it because it's fucking hilarious and awesome. I played it. What did you think? It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Assessed, colon, cool. I have nothing more to say on the subject. Oh, cool. All right. Cool. Um, Things are cool. All right. Video. Uh, Cool. Liz Beatham writes, Hello, Idle Thumbs. You're my favorite pod that is cast, and I'm especially enjoying the countdown to tears. Oh, man. Well, that's too bad. (laughs) Thanks, Neil Young, for fucking that up. (laughs) Exactly. We're on to cough grenades now. Yeah. Yeah. We've extended the the countdown to Godfather. Okay. Oh, man. This is is actually a tears email. Jeez, we forgot to read these. We should do a special cast this week or this weekend or something yeah we can do a lament for tears later yeah we should maybe we should hang on to this until then okay cool well um why am i adjusting this piece of paper loudly during this podcast (laughs) because you want it to be ruined Mm. all right i might have ruined it um we should probably take out this is running a little long yeah thanks for listening to our conf grenade yeah (laughs) hopefully we can get some more updates you guys this week but we probably shouldn't promise anything but maybe we will we'll try our best we'll believe in ourselves and uh hopefully maybe we can get an ashby in maybe we can get an ashby oh yeah an alex ashby yeah so hopefully we will crap gold later this week (laughs) man that sounds really terrible like sometimes like a nugget i mean sometimes you get the butt (laughs) and a gold nugget will come out I know you're not going to write one, but sometimes you get the butt. Sounds like it could be a lyric in another Randy Newman, too. Uh, I have no instruments in this hotel, so... I know. Yeah. Sorry. You have, like, a mouth. 
<laughs> I have a mouth. It's true. I do. I do have that. Okay. Anyway, see you guys bye. later sometime. Ciao. Uh, also, bye from Merrick. Brassing, Merrick, brassing. There is that. Is that what you're looking for? I hate you. And this brassing. Merrick, brassing. Video game. Brassing, Merrick, brassing. It's like the shitty Merrick Batman voice. <laughs> Where are the other drugs? Brassing, Merrick, brassing. I'm brassing. <laughs> Am I clown to you? That's clown to you. It's clown. 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 Clown.